Assalamu alaikum, Safiya. Welcome back to the Gaps podcast. It's incredible having you back. Um, just very quickly, it's what uh, half I was just uh, downstairs watching the Tour de France. Um, stage one finished literally 20 minutes ago. Uh, where, where is your team celebrating? Uh, UAE got an incredible first stage. Um, you couldn't have dreamt of a better uh, circumstance, really. Um, uh, what, what's the, I don't know, uh, I'm jumping into it, but What's the vibes like from your team? Alaikum assalam. Janaid, it's really nice to be back on the podcast after nearly a year um, and to chat with you a bit about um, everything going on in my career and journey at the moment. And yeah, with the, the win, well, double, I guess, double on the podium, the first and third for the first stage is a big hype. You never dream of a better start to the tour for the men's uh, uh, part of the team uh also the women's uh, the women's team like my my own team have uh, started the Giro yesterday they didn't yeah. have such an unfortunate start with the rain some got to start some got to not not start but uh yeah it was cancelled in the end and the result wasn't taken but a really good start for the women um side of the racing as well with um an eighth place a top 10 for uh Erica Maniati, um which is really nice Nice and um, yeah, the men's put on a great show with the the uh, the eight brothers winning first and second from different teams and Pogacic winning the peloton sprint uh, for third, which is is really um, interesting and really I'd say got goosebumps at the end. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I I apologize for jumping straight into that because it's just right at the top of my mind. Tour de France, UAE yourself is yeah 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 <laughs> so yeah. sorry so back yeah, to it's you it's always a great it's always <laughs> a great uh it's always great to see the men you know with all the results and the the, the top standings they have in the world these days yeah and uh Sophia, we've got you on just like um people have been asking for an update on what you've been up to and uh it's been incredible following your journey as well you were on in february last year uh you could say at the beginning well You'd had quite the journey to get there, but you were at the beginning of your world tour career, and now you're a year and a half in. And uh, just talk us through what's happened since you were last on. You had just been crowned UAE champ back then. Uh, what have you been up to since? I'm very happy to take the UAE champion title for another year in both uh, uh, specialities, the individual time trial and the road race once again this year. Um, it was a good fight this year again for it, and I'm happy to have it for the third consecutive year, um, which makes me happy because, you know, it's always great to wear um, the colours of your country's flag around the world. Um, and with, you know, being a world tour rider, it's nice to have those colours on my jersey um, and make my country proud around the world. Um, as for um, European races, I haven't had my debut yet, but um, really working hard this summer to hopefully finally make it uh, happen. Um, I've raced the Asian Championships twice since our last podcast. Last year was uh, I had a great one uh, with winning uh, the bronze medal for the UAE as the first very bronze medal. Uh, well, first Asian level medal for women cycling in the UAE. So it was it was really great, um, great feeling to be on that podium, to be the first uh, for such an achievement. 
And this year, uh, unfortunately, I had a bit of circumstances uh, going into the Asian Championships. Um, had a really long travel from Spain after preparing there for 30 hours over to Thailand. And uh, yeah, even five, four days, it was not enough to recover from the fatigue, unfortunately, and the swelling of legs. Um, I got on with a good individual charm trial, um, placing five out of 12. And I'd, I'd like to remark that it was a really big challenge this year as it's the qualifying year for the Olympics. So everybody's even sharper and more ready um, for the challenge. Um, so it was very nice to see, even though I had not so great legs, I was still placed um, fifth with even a smaller gap from last year. Means um, that I I can see the pro- progress in myself, and that was really it, it was a good standing for me, honestly. And everybody was proud of progress and the performance I gave, um, regardless of the circumstances. And just to add to that, I had the road race as well, and. Unfortunately, I got food poisoning the night before, mm. uh, so I didn't get on to a great start with the road race, but I had yeah. much better legs than the individual time trial. And unfortunately, even though I felt strong up until the end and I got into position a couple of times to try and you know, do something in the sprint, the last corner, I hadn't reckoned the last corner to the finish with 300 meters, and it was a really sharp 90-degree corner with the whole peloton which i got really stuck back with even though i tried to get a position with all the teams of the big teams of asia me racing individually wasn't so ideal me not reckoning (laughs) the finish wasn't so ideal as well but still really happy to reach after 110k with the biggest names of asia uh, to the finish line um i finished in um i finished 11th under 23 um, but it was a mixed race, obviously, with the elite. Um, still proud of that performance, but obviously regret holds you down for not achieving what you wanted to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you picked up a second uh, placing at the Arab uh, road race as well, is, if that. Yes, yes. Yes, I did come out of the road race with a uh, sum of five medals. So I got uh, four silver and one gold. Um, one silver was for the team time trial, uh, another was for the individual time trial uh, for under 23, uh, which I also turned up to be second over the elite category as well, which was a big joy to me, as that already show, showed more progress after the off-season in October, which the race was in December uh, in the UAE. So it was also nice having it over in our country and getting such good results. And... Uh, Another two medals, well, three medals on the last day as I placed second in the elite category. So you get to be um, uh, on the podium with the elite category, even if you're under 23. I got a gold medal for under 23 and a gold, oh, actually it was it was uh, two gold, uh, a gold medal for uh, the team uh, result in the road race, which was really nice because it's our first um, Arab gold medal in the team classification in Arab championships history with the UAE. Brilliant. And uh, it's just worth emphasizing that for the listeners, like you are effectively the first in your country doing these things, uh, not just turn participating, but coming away with results. So that's pretty incredible. So like, I just want to get into the psyche of that. Like, do you feel the pressure or are you just enjoying the moment 
Um, you're still fairly young. You're doing these things for the first time. So with your um, national championships, do you feel that pressure being defending champion then? Yeah, definitely. The pressure does does roll in, and some somehow as much as you as you try to <laughs> run away from it, I am actually our, our game is as much as it's uh, even though it's an endurance game, a sport, and you you work a lot with your you know your legs and your body. Uh, the head is really important as well in the mental state. I'm really working on that this year as much as I'm working on my performance and level, and it's becoming much more effective um you know with all the grind you have to go through um playing with the mind is, is a big job and i'm happy to to be starting to be able to tune it more and more um so yeah the pressure does kick in but i try to take what's under my control into my hands and then Absolutely. what's not under my control uh out of the mind as much as i can you know your brain still sways you into thinking about it but uh, the more you push those other out of your hand thoughts out of the way, the better it is, the better you focus on performing on the road. And then the result comes after that. Uh, as long as you're able to put on your best performance on the road, then you can only be satisfied, if not with a win, you know? Yeah. And uh, it also, as I recall, last year was what well, a big milestone of my career last year was uh, being the ever first Emirati woman to participate in the World Championships uh, was a great honor. Obviously, the level was very high, so um, not much I could I could do out there in Australia on the rolling hills, which do not suit me as at all. Coming from a really flat country, um, but uh, yeah, it was a it's a great honor to be the first there and hold the flag up on you know my jersey uh, around or against all the other riders of the world. Absolutely. And that's uh, pretty incredible. Um, Glasgow coming up. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, hope, I hope to be there as well. Um, we'll yeah. see how, what, how things go down up until next month. <laughs> yeah. And mm, you only do... a month left, actually. Yeah, absolutely. You're I'm right. Uh, just Yeah, that's right. Um, so your national champ, there's been a lot you've been doing, not just on the bike, you've been... Uh, well, using your platform to, I don't know, push push the agenda of uh, girls being more active. Um, you're playing your role as a role model uh, very well. Uh, how has being national champion changed, I guess, changed your life? And uh, what opportunities has that allowed? Well, being the national champion obviously was one of the reasons the team scouted me um, to be on the World Tour team. Uh, and I'm very happy to to be holding, to still be holding the title and still being um, as much as I can uh, the best uh, cyclist in the women sector in the UAE. Um, so trying to hold on to that always is important to me to to also show the team that you know I I'm I I don't know how to actually describe it, but that I'm worthy of the place I have in the team. Um, because obviously, um, up until now, there's one place for an Amarati rider, and okay. holding on to that is a big, um, a big uh, opportunity for me. Yeah. And I always try to prove my worth through it. And uh, yeah, I mean, being uh, being the best is not is not uh, easy. Uh, always people are trying to nail you down, you know, looking 
uh, <laughs> to you. Uh, but I'm just focused on myself, trying to be the best uh, person and sportswoman I can be mm. and to inspire people out there and to try and hold you know, my position uh, as the first as always. You've had um, a, about a year and a half in the World Tour now. Uh, how has the training changed from your time prior to that? And how is it different yeah. to, say, when you're at university, of course, you've, you're on summer break right now. How has mm-hmm. the training changed? How has working with a World Tour coach changed your training? And what tips can you give the rest of us, I guess, what I'm trying to get at? <laughs> Definitely, that has has changed quite a lot. Prior to my um, joining to the World Tour, um, you know, training and coaching and everything around that, uh, I was coached on Training Peaks before, uh, which I also am at the moment. And it's a platform that um, the coach online can see all your data that is recorded through your device that you use, whether it's a Wahoo, Garmin, Element, or whatever uh, other brand. Um, and obviously the device, which many may know, many may not, um, records all your data and the training from speed to cadence to heart rate, uh, to the watts you push onto the pedals if you have a power meter yeah. and uh, all around that the time you spend on the bike. And, uh, yeah, I was coached, uh, by the same type of uh, way I'm coached, being coached at the moment, but obviously being younger, the hours were different, um, the training was different. The goals were different. Um, much bigger goals at the moment. So much more training on my plate. And uh, even since I first joined, when I struggled after COVID, when I first joined the team, yeah. where my level was right at the very lowest and it was really hard to actually get out from the situation I was in my head. Uh, back, I still, I still was kind of struggling in February last year when we spoke. But after getting or achieving that medal for the UAE in the Asian Championships, that really gave me hope and showed me that, okay, I finally actually arrived to the level where I can compete on the Asian level, which is the continental level for me. Yeah. So with with progress, I'm sure I can make it to actually battle um, in the World Tour one day and be, you know, a, have the performance that... Uh, and level that I need to to race there, so it only gave me hope and opened kind of the windows for me uh, to the you know to the light to to see that there is there is uh, a chance there is an opportunity and I just have to work for it. And yeah, the the hours have increased immensely. Um, uh, lots of more, like we said, lots of more goals and lots of more focus on different um stuff I need to work on and my strength points, my weak points and um definitely tests have changed as well, more, you know, more analyzed stuff to to work on. And yeah, yeah it's, it's that's kind of uh, around the training at the moment. And more obviously more training in the mountains here in Europe. I've been to Europe about uh, since I joined uh, the team around six times already uh, or even more and for quite long periods like at least two to three weeks each time so yeah we're getting more familiar with the climbing skills and you know the 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 stamina you need on the climbs which is quite different to how i used to train on uh, on my hometown track just around the loops on a flat track so yeah that's that's 
what's that's those are the biggest things that have changed so far and i'm sure only the years can show much more change as well yeah absolutely and so break down a, a day in a world tour professional on training camp then uh, is it uh getting up early or do you have a lie-in getting a lot of recovery in what, what does it look like for a world tour pro on training camp so i'm currently in italy in a small town in bergamo and uh, i'm enjoying it here being able to be a full-time cyclist uh, not like all around the, the the other part of the year having to struggle a bit with university and not so much recovery time uh, but it's really nice to see that my body still makes progress even with the busy days of the uni but obviously here uh, being on the camp and being off uni um, means that I get the whole day for whatever my cycling career needs I'm fully focused on training and the day looks like um, getting getting up at about around seven uh, to eight which is quite nice uh, obviously I have the prayer uh, prayer time quite early here which uh, kind of affects waking up in the middle of the night it's, it's around like 3am oh, so yeah it's kind of cuts my sleep into two um, but uh, definitely need to wake up for that and then uh, wake up again at seven or eight depending on the schedule here um, Italy this year is being very kind to us with quite good weather last year I really struggled with the weather here it was really really hot and there was a bit of a drought so yeah the summer was quite quite unpleasant here um even though i tried to get away from the uae it was still really hot here but obviously you had the mountains and all the views which made that for the difference um but yeah this year the weather's doing us well and it's uh it's about up to 30 so it's it's quite nice unless it gets a bit a bit hot so then you suffer a little bit but much i can say much better than last year so I'm still able to train uh, a bit closer to midday uh, than last year. Last year, I had to start quite early or suffer through the sun. Yeah. So it's quite nice, like I said, this year. Uh, so I wake up between 7 and 8, then uh, some morning exercises, whether it's mobility stretching or some core exercises um, to open up and loosen up for the bike ride, um, a good breakfast. And I wake up quite, I'd say... I wake up at least an hour and a half to two hours before the ride so I can get, you know, those morning exercises nicely and uh, yeah. smoothly, not not having to rush and then have a good breakfast. I always highlight to people when I speak about my breakfast that I like to have at least a good half an hour to be able to, um, like, eat as uh, well um, what our nutritionist prescribes to us, um, yeah. eat it well and, and just, like, at my own pace so I can actually digest everything because being rushed to our ha having to have uh, quite a good breakfast isn't so nice <laughs> you can't really gain as much food as you you need uh, so yeah I like to emphasize on having enough time for the breakfast then getting ready for the ride and find riding out at like 9 30 10 sometimes we sometimes have uh, gym sessions in the morning so we start a bit earlier and then have the bike ride and yeah, it's been like that. And we've had some days on the track here in in a close city, which is also quite different and nice to be able to uh, practice all the skills you need as a, a cyclist and all the things you need to be considering, I'd say, while yeah. you ride naturally. Yeah. 
That's brilliant. And uh, so what does recovery look like once you get back in? Is it uh, a meal, shower, feet up or is there yeah. other? <laughs> well, there's the there's the shower and then there's uh, cooking the meal, which is sometimes a bit of a challenge when you're really <laughs> tired from the long rides. <laughs> um, yeah, but we try to, I'm here with the team and we try to sometimes prepare some things prior or we cook together so it makes it a bit easier. Um, having lunch, a good lunch uh, to recover well. Obviously, the protein is, is essential um, after the ride to be able to get those legs uh, recovered and uh, back in shape for the next day after the hard training. And uh, obviously, having all the other parts of um, or all the other types of uh, foods like carbs, simple, uh, simple sugars and that also plays a big role into feeling um, full as well, uh, as I've learned through my cycling career with nutrition as well. Um, I'd always aim for people to put a bit of uh, fat, whether it's a bit of, um, you know, good uh, olive oil or some a bit of, um, say, almond or avocado or, or coconut oil uh, onto the meal. Just a really tiny bit, but it makes you feel fuller. Um, not having to eat too much. Sometimes we're really hungry after the rides. So, yeah, it kind of gives that uh, feeling of, uh, well, filling your stomach because it um, acts on some of the, well, it makes your stomach uh, realize that you're a bit fuller. Um, so, yeah, that's one of the, the good nutrition facts I've learned through cycling as well. Uh, good a good amount of protein. Well, it's more condensed on the protein side on in the lunch, so you feel more recovered, like I said. And then we just chill out throughout the, the afternoon. Maybe sometimes go to a cafe for uh, a cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's mostly a chilled afternoon with quite long hours of the afternoon to recover because the day is quite long here. And then uh, dinner, we try to have before Maghreb, which is because uh, the Maghreb is quite uh, late here. It's around 9.30, 9.15. Yeah. Uh, so you've got long hours if you come in from training between 12 and 2. Uh, you still have another seven hours until Maghreb where you can have lunch, dinner, and then be ready to get to bed. Um, uh, you don't, well, I don't really need to go to bed so early here because uh, you've got quite a lot, a lot of hours to recover as well in the, for your night's sleep. Uh, but yeah, trying to get to bed between 10 and I don't finish. Uh, pro riders are known for taking naps. Is is that part of your schedule usually? Uh, if I'm really, I'm not such a, a fan of naps, but if I'm really like knocked out from right. training, yeah. then I do try to take uh, a nap because then that just helps me get through the day i guess but yeah most days i don't really nap uh i might have a lie down um just be on my favorite platform which is instagram <laughs> but uh other than that uh yeah i don't really take naps most days and then naps in my usual schedule are not available because <laughs> there's no time for it <laughs> yeah oh brilliant and uh so I just wanted to ask you this question more than anything, because you're in a very unique position. You are obviously from Asia, uh, but most uh, riders from there 
don't get to see the European racings uh, or the World Tour at all. You're you get to see both in the sense that you're part of the team. You have colleagues who race at the top level. You've obviously raced at the top level at the Worlds, and you will do so again, inshallah. Um, what's the difference um, to approach uh, in Asia than in Europe, and how could it be bridged? Do you think? Mm, I'd say uh, the Asian level is coming closer and closer to the world tour level okay. uh, as years pass um well as as we know like the women's pro peloton has only progressed immensely like the past couple of years that's right yeah. so it's only natural that all the other like smaller level or smaller sectors of, of the bigger level i'd say like the continental level other than the european level is um quite of a difference than the actual pro level but it's really nice to see that year by year the big like i mean competition in the asian championships is only getting harder and harder which means that asia or the asian continent and all the, the women of asia are only getting closer and closer to that um that you know the real pro level yeah. outside in europe as in europe the, the, the sport has been around for many years maybe for Asian countries it wasn't so popular but with all the projects all the I'd say all the I mean in the UAE there's lots of um, support and funds going towards the infrastructure infrastructure of cycling and pushing more whether it's men or women to to cycle and I think that's only um, happening all around Asia at the moment like if we have things like 10 years back having a Saudi um, national team for women uh, um, wouldn't have been an idea that would even cross our mind but now they have a really good women's cycling team national team and I'm very proud of actually all the girls from the Saudi cycling team they're doing really well and they're really progressing well as a team and it's only the same for all the other GCC and Arab countries and even Asian countries so it's really nice just to see all the progress that's happening throughout the last couple of years. And it only makes um, the reaching of the pro level of, of, well, of Asia to the pro level sooner and sooner. Absolutely. So you think that gap's getting smaller, which I... I, I yes, yes. I, okay, sure understood. Is. But you're sure right. With... Because we've got like, well, the Asian champion this year and last year is a sprinter and she's part of the... Uh, Premier Tech team and uh, that only shows that more people from Asia are going towards um, pro contracts and people are becoming more and more interested while the European side of the sport is becoming more and more interested in scouting Asian talents Um, and we've got also a Saudi rider now in the Al-Uda team which is the oh brilliant okay yeah yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. She's, she's in the development phase at the moment and She'll be joining the Pro Peloton soon. Um, we've got, uh, I mean, Chinese, also uh, other Asian nationalities joining the Pro Peloton. So this can only push the level to be higher because they'll be racing with all the other parts of the world and uh, we'll eventually have many more join, I'm sure. That's right, absolutely. As As your level grows, you naturally bring up the level of the people around you. So... That's good to hear. Yeah, uh, yeah. Brilliant. Okay. And yeah. uh, when when the whole Asian, well, I'd say at least more than ten riders from uh, the Asian peloton are pro 
peloton are racing um, at the, the top set, whether it's Continental Pro or World Tour, then it only means that the race is going to be much harder and that the level uh, of the Asian Championships or whatever Continental Championships we have in uh, in Asia is even harder and bigger in level. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, so going back to our previous conversation last year, you shared some advice for aspiring young athletes, uh, namely uh, females coming up in the sport. Uh, have you encountered any inspiring stories that you might want to share, um, wh whether it's young athletes that you've inspired and you've heard their story or otherwise? Um, well, there's no specific story that comes to my mind at the moment. I might, I might remember something throughout our uh, talk, but uh, uh, I would say that I have come along uh, quite a lot of uh, whether young or even older athletes that are pushing to like be the best they can be uh, as a cyclist or at other sports, and it's really nice to see that no matter what age of women or girls I encounter uh, they're pushing and they really want to to reach that, that level of uh, I wouldn't say I encountered many at the just the hobby level but yeah. more of like people actually pushing to want to race and to be race ready and them they asking for advice or um, just getting to know them so it's it's always nice to get to know more and more and to be able to share stuff because uh, sometimes I really get inspired of all the the women, like even the elder ones that are, are mothers or um, are just married or, you know, they're, yeah. they're older in, in age and they're still pushing to become. And I always push for that with other women that say, oh, maybe I think um, time has already passed for me. But it's never, it's never too late, you know. If you have that passion, you have that goal, then there's nothing that can stop you. And like I always say, passion over perfection. So if if they find that being a small uh, at a smaller age would be better for them to join the sport, then that's a standard of perfection that they shouldn't be following. You know, it's just the passion that they should be following and nice. progressing in what they like. Uh, I knew that would come out eventually. Passion over perfection. That's that's Yusuf. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that quote. Uh, yeah. So looking ahead, say you're in the pro peloton in two, three years' time. What's your aspirations? What are you looking to gain out of your career uh, in the near future, um, next couple of years? Uh well, as as I said, the the Asian level which I come from. Uh, still, still has a gap. It's getting closer, but there's still a lot of work to do. Um, there's still a lot more of, I say, um, competition that I need to be in, um, and going through to to know, uh, what I aspire to to achieve uh, through the next couple of years. Because obviously, you need to determine where you stand in between them, and yeah. then uh, be able to to. I wouldn't say dream as I. I don't know. This this also is quite um known from from me on Instagram. But I always like to um to describe my dreams as goals rather than dreams because dreams are only things you look up to achieving but don't work uh, towards. But as for goals, you actually sweat towards them and you want to progress towards them. Uh, and it's set set as a as a target to, to reach. Um, so. 
I'd say the goals can only be determined after I start competing at the level that I should be competing at. And uh, I really hope to to be ready for that level soon to be able to start. Uh, I do understand the the uh, well the time in wait towards um being able to be ready for that and that the team want to be sure that I'm at uh, the proper level. Um, so I'm not also I'm not shocked with you know the difference and then um they're a bit they they may be worried before that okay she's not so ready um to be racing at that level and that she needs a bit more progress um so she's not shocked and won't give up you know the dream of becoming a pro rider but i'm as as more as i train with the team and i'm progressing with them and year by year i'm starting to feel much more ready um i'm actually quite um hopeful at the moment uh, I'm really good at a good phase I guess of uh, my journey with cycling and I'm really uh, starting to be prepared and ready um, to race at the level they are and hopefully soon Inshallah Sophia thank you for coming on this has been super insightful and honestly we wish you all the best going forward Inshallah thank you Janaid and it's, uh, it's always a pleasure and hopefully I catch up Maybe in the next year. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you, have you back on and uh, continue to follow your journey. Assalamu alaikum. Well, yeah, thank you. Wish you all the best.